Welcome to the L1A Podcast, a space to connect, communicate, and collaborate for the advancement of the kingdom in North America and beyond. Here we will discuss the disciple-making movement that is happening in this Western context and the return to God's design for discipleship, church, and life. Well, thank you guys for coming and being with us today. One of the things that I wanted to start with is just, let's just introduce ourselves around the circle mm-hmm. so everybody knows who's here today. So Hannah, you start. Yeah, I'm Hannah. Um, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dory, from the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm Kelly, and I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm Stacy Wood from Tampa, Florida. And I am Cindy Case from Naples. Uh, so today we just wanted to kind of throw this question out because we've had some really great conversations over the last couple of days with uh, the gentlemen in our groups. Uh, as well as the ladies, about our role in disciple-making movements. And the question was posed about what what is the difference between our roles in disciple-making movements versus the church? So I think we need to first define what is the church, and let's kind of go from there, and then kind of let's just kick off about what what is your role? What do you see yourself doing? How are you doing it? Um, So... Hannah, get get us started here. Yeah, so when we think of the church, um, a lot of us come from a background, like we have our understanding of what we were raised in. But when we look at the scriptures, what we see is that the church is the um, ecclesia, like those called out to gather and to follow Jesus. And it is the church is the bride of Christ as a whole. And so when we look at the word, we see the church as a global church. We see the church city by city, and then we see the church home by home. Um, And so as we talk about the church today, I think we would all agree that we're going to be talking about, like, largely God's people, unless specified otherwise, um, that it's it's not a building, it's a people. Um, So, yeah, I think that, like, simply defines the church. Yeah, the C is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, would anyone add anything to that to clarify for anyone? Not from the definition that I think we're all, all operating under. Mm-hmm. However, we are kind of all working in different types of areas. Like Kelly, you're in a different situation than maybe Hannah is, mm-hmm. and Dory is, and obviously Stacy too. Um, so you've got a little combo kind of thing going on at one body, do you not? Well, I, I think that we look at the definition of church. I, I learned that. It, it was kind of funny when I learned what the definition of church was. It was I remember very distinctly in my junior high, at a church camp when um, somebody said, Stacy, where's your church? <laughs> and I said, oh, you drive down Main Street, and then you turn left two blocks and you turn back right, you know, and go two blocks and there it is. It's called Northside Baptist Church. And the whole point of that lesson was for us to read in scripture, to your mm-hmm. point, Hannah, what the definition of church is. And so then at the end, after mm-hmm. having a, a, a lesson in the scripture, he came back to me and he said, okay, Stacey, tell me where your church is. And I was able to think about, okay, it's my dad. It's my family. So I was like, okay, there's this place on Main Street called Southside Lumbershed. You go there and you're going to find this guy. And then there's the pharmacy where the pharmacist is. You're going to find him. And then there's the post office where the mailman is. So it's like it was a it was a lesson that I learned many years ago that the church is not for you know a building with four walls. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I think about that, but I just think about, you know, as far as, you know, the church in our home, where I'm at is that um, my husband and I take turns doing church, leading, I should say, leading Mm -hmm. our church. And because we do have practiced that house church model, 
that there are times when he was like, hey, this week you want to plan on leading. And that means I pray about what mm -hmm. scripture I want to use. Mm -hmm. I pray about what scripture we're going to talk about. I lead the discussion. I ask somebody to lead us in worship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we want the people who might be visiting our house church model to understand that it's not just Lee that's in charge all the time. You know, Lee's not the only leader that, you know, right. I can be the leader. Or right. we have another grandmotherly like lady that he asked her to take turns too. Mm -hmm. So um, we all have our different giftings and whether we're male or whether female, um, we are all part of his church. Yeah. I think that's the big thing is that we're all different. And so there, we need to all function in who we are, who God's made us to be. And so I've never really thought about, oh, well, what's my role in the church? Like, how am I supposed to behave? Or, or what is that going to look like? I've just always thought, okay, well, this is who God made me to be. I'm just going to do that. I'm going to be that. And so, you know, it, and in my case, for example, that might mean that I have um, a large amount of influence into a male's, a male, you know, counterpart's life not on a one-on-one -on -one, we're going to go have coffee but if we're in meetings mm -hmm. together i'm not afraid to speak into Absolutely. that i'm not right. afraid to pick up the phone and call someone mm -hmm. and, and deal with that or deal with something or or coach them on things but i've just never given a lot of thought to oh maybe i shouldn't do that mm -hmm. until i was in more of what we might call a legacy model where views were different yeah let's just dive into that for just a second because there is a big disconnect in my mind about the legacy church and how <laughs> Our roles are different because I was in a legacy church for I don't know thirty some years, and there were no uh, women who were able to even preach on a Sunday morning, or uh, could not teach men even. That wasn't the, uh, their role. Um, the I guess the highest role that, that that a woman could assume in a legacy church at at some point at some in some churches would just be for women's ministry. You're only going to teach the women, and there's no you know, you can't really, you know, bleed through any other, in, into any other areas. Or you can work in the children's ministry. Those are the two places that really women were um, directed to and given responsibilities in. So, can you, can you just speak into that a little bit? And then, Dory, I'd love to hear um, where you are in that process as well. Yeah, so, where I'm at right now, there's a high value on for women. Uh, however, there, because of varying views from the elders, there pretty much women can do everything up to teach on a Sunday morning and be an elder. And so while I may not agree with that, I feel like it doesn't change what I'm going to do. Um, I feel like I'm just committed to I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to influence without a title. Yeah. Um, and that really title is not where our influence comes from. Exactly. As a matter of fact, titles get in the way sometimes Absolutely. and they cause more problems. Great. And so I think a lot of times we focus more on the position rather than the function of what we're supposed to be doing. And so I'm trying in those situations to really focus on the function of what I'm supposed to be doing. And my, my, my call is to influence people toward the kingdom. And so whatever that looks like in that context, mm -hmm. and I'm certainly going to be respectful of their views, but it's not going to change. Obviously, I'm not going to teach on a Sunday, but that that's I can still have influence without yeah, doing absolutely. that. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's functioning in who I am with respect and just knowing that I don't have to have a title to have influence. Mm -hmm. That's good. And Dory, don't you, aren't you just living your life right into disciple making? I mean, that is where you are living at this point. At this point, yes, yeah, so when I first started 
uh, I respond to God's call, uh, which I really don't know what it meant. And the next thing I, I knew was uh, God says, hey, go start something uh, at the UC Berkeley campus. So I did that. I gathered, you know, a bunch of people and, and, and uh, that's, that's what I thought, you know, serving him meant. And the next thing I know, I was like, I was leaving the church and I didn't know, I didn't know, I, I didn't know what I was supposed to think, but I was just walking up with the Lord in obedience, mm-hmm. you know? So like, whatever he called me to do, I, I do it. And like you guys were saying, leadership was influence. Um, I didn't want no title, but somehow I was just being placed in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the next thing I know was like somebody came up and, and, and told me, hey, you're not supposed to do that. You're sitting against God. How in the world? <laughs> and I just, I thought I listened to God and yeah. uh, now I'm sitting against God. So, you know, mm-hmm. we find another man to lead this church so that you can, you know, so I stepped aside and I felt like, I guess that they're right. Um, maybe that's what I should do. I don't, I don't want to claim nothing. And then eventually I, 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 uh, I found out that, well, I was still the leader, even though I didn't have the title because leadership was able to listen to me. And I was like, wait a minute, what's going on, right? Um, and uh, and um, I was really struggling during that time. I was like asking the Lord what I should do. Like, Lord, if if you don't want me to lead, I will not. Because I'm I as your servant, I need to be obedient. Mm-hmm. But I realized that when God placed you in that position, just do your job. Just go do your job. Yeah, Amen. Right, it's good. Um, so honestly. Um, by walking out of that system, it finally frees me up. After claiming that pastoral title, some people would call me that, some people would just call me Sister Dory, and I'm fine with that. And what I realized that this new uh, thing about coming together as a church network, doing church in, in an organic way, that I'm actually allowing more people to, to be able to at least reimagine what it's like to be in the church or participate in the church and or leading the church, you know, especially women. I remember, um, you know, bringing along this new girl join join us in the leadership. She was like, I felt God called me, but I know I'm not supposed to be the pastor and I know I'm not interested in children ministry. What should I do? So finally she was able to make a place um, in, in this network. Yeah. I think for us to think that as as women, for anybody to think that our one true God that we all believe in, whether you're male or female, can't speak to us just as he could speak to a man. So to your point, it's like I felt God speaking to me. His Holy Spirit dwells in each one of us. Mm-hmm. So to think that I can't hear from God and that my male counterparts can, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's crazy. That is crazy. Um, just about like elders and in a burgeoning like movement and like network of churches. That's something I we were talking about earlier today. Is some might say like in Grand Rapids there's a handful of churches in a couple generations and some someone might come in and say like I think it's time to appoint elders. Um but just I'm like we don't we don't need to right now. Like I genuinely like don't think it's it's a need right now and you know we we can talk about that as like family and as brothers and sisters and pray and fast and seek the Lord in that. Um, 
but I just think of when the deacons were appointed um, in the beginning of Acts, and it said that the widows and the orphans were being overlooked in the daily distribution, um, and so we need to appoint people that are going to serve in this, and that's just, like, what I've been instructed and even, like, learned from others is until there's a need, like, I don't think we need to do it, you know, because especially in a disciple-making movement, there is high instruction and high, like, a high culture of rebuke to where many might say that elders are established for the sake of church discipline, um, but when we have truly people sharing life and being willing to receive rebuke and instruction and correction and exhortation from the Word, and the Word is what we're standing on, then that that need, everything doesn't go back up to the top or like up to those that are in a place of eldership, but are able to go like, okay, who is the accountability? Who is those, who are the people that are discipling these people? Okay, like let's, I'm gonna come to you and then we're gonna work this out. And I think there's a lot more room for working out things that in a traditional legacy setting would be quickly brought to the to the elders because they're the only authority and accountability that's established that actually it's like, way less necessary within the model of like disciple making. Well, do you guys have any thoughts on that? No, I would completely agree. I think yeah. sometimes that's the whole trying to organize something before there's something to organize. Exactly. It's not necessary at that point because if yeah. people are truly the beautiful thing about the house church setting is that if we're all really in the word, then Absolutely. we correct one another. And Absolutely. So the, the chances of there being a heretic or situation mm-hmm. like that heresy in the group is much more limited than Absolutely. even in the legacy church because there's so many people that you really don't know what people are saying. Therefore, there's not the correction that happens mm-hmm. naturally. So we have to have these elders. And I was thinking about the beautiful other beautiful thing about the house churches. It's usually founded and started on these principles. Whereas, I hope I can articulate this, whereas a legacy church is often mm-hmm. started by just a need to gather people want to preach and then you bring in elders later that may or may not have the value of that. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think there's more freedom to mm-hmm. that and there's these built-in things. And you just can't, you can't apply scripture in these large settings in the way that you can in the house church. Mm-hmm. So just for those people who've never heard of house church or don't know what a three-thirds group is, can we just give them a little idea about how is a, how does a house church actually come together um, what is the, you know, what is the function? How do they function within a, a small group setting? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. Everybody yeah. else can join in too. So um, the house church model functions just exactly like um, any other church actually functions. Um, you start looking at um, a gathering of believers and non-believers, um, the members being baptized um, the fellowship aspect of it, the taking of the Lord's Supper, um, the giving um, of financial resources. And so, you know, there's like multiple aspects of what constitutes a church, mm-hmm. you know, according to scripture. So for us, it's really as simple as we gather in our home and we invite people into our home. Mm-hmm. Obviously the goal is to invite non-believers in our home. I mean, we, we, we want a fellowship of believers, but also we want to go out and find those non-believers and invite mm-hmm. them into our fellowship um, with a goal of, you know, teaching them, sharing the gospel with them, helping them come to salvation. But we have the three-thirds format that you mentioned is about um, looking back, looking up, and looking forward. So our look back section is that time of accountability that mm-hmm. Hannah was making reference to. And that we, the previous week, when after we've done our scripture study, 
and we pray about how God is prompting us to obey the passage we just read and be obedient to the Lord. It's like, were you obedient last week? Hannah, if you said you were going to share with your friend Susie mm -hmm. the gospel, did you do that? And how did that go? Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, and then if I say no, like I didn't share with her, what would you then? I would then encourage you to keep that on your list. Let's do that again. Why didn't you? Was it because there wasn't time? Was it because the situation was awkward? Was it because she pushed back on you? You know, what was that? Mm -hmm. So we spend that time together. We also, it's important to spend a time of prayer and worship mm -hmm. um, or praise and worship. And then we, then we really look into the scripture and it's, and somebody asked us the other day, well, how, who determines what scripture you're going to read? And it's like the Holy Spirit, the, you know, Amen. <laughs> yeah, it's like determines what scripture we read this week, you know, based on whoever's leading the group that week. Yeah. It's about prayer and it's like, what is he prompting you to read? And if we read it, we don't have someone standing in the front telling us what the scripture is saying it's, to you. It's discovery. It, we really discover is. together. Yeah. Amen. So we read it. How does it speak to you? What is it saying to you? Like, what is your aha moment here? Like, what do you like about it? What's challenging? What does it teach us about God? What does it teach us about people? Yeah. And then the look forward part after we've had that discussion is we take time and we pray silently to ourselves to determine how will God lead me in obedience this week to this passage? Who can I share it with? Who can I train on this particular passage? So all that is done in a home setting in somebody's mm -hmm. home. So when we talk about three thirds or discovery Bible study or um, the house church model, mm -hmm. that's the simplicity of it. Yeah. And I think the key things to point out that Stacey said that are different from a different model is gonna be that there's accountability and there's the discovery of learning together because you don't do that in the other setting. What makes that so amazing is anyone, including someone far mm -hmm. from God that comes, that reads the word can still be learning and um, mm -hmm. I just find that people discover on their own, there's more ownership of it than if you're telling them. Mm -hmm. And That's so we found awesome. that everywhere we go that if people will discover through the scripture, I mean, either the scripture is live and active or it's not, mm -hmm. but we all believe that it is and we've seen it with our own eyes. And then the accountability piece is that, you know, we all know because we've all probably grown up in some, some form or fashion mm -hmm. in more of a, a larger building setting, a church yeah. where there is just, again, you can't be accountable in those settings. Mm -hmm. um, and so the accountability is what we call the core. There's core things that are core. Often we focus on praying and worship and the scripture, but we often don't have the accountability um, in, in the mouth. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. And we like to use the term loving accountability. Yeah. Too. Yes, that's right. And, and we also sometimes say, what were your God sightings this week? Hannah, what did you see this yeah. week that happened that only God can all can only be explained Just because of God? Like right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so that's uh, that's important yeah. too. Something too that I often use to explain what the three thirds is, is that it's a, like a group meeting format that helps us to build blocks of living as a church every day. So it's just, it's a bone structure that helps us create those rhythms. Because when we say that we are the church, then church can't just be at a certain time. Um, it's as we're living together and functioning in obedience to Jesus throughout the week. So I can like be the church around my dinner table on Tuesday night when I normally gather in the three thirds on Sunday night. Um, or as I'm going and fellowshipping here, there, and X, Y, and Z, that it, it really has helped me to expand what is my vision of what the church is. And, and am I like portioning that off to a certain time that's the same time every week and calling mm -hmm. that church yeah. or am I waking up and when I like whatever I'm doing um with with whoever else am I functioning as the church when I like 
serving my housemate or when I'm like talking to my neighbors and sharing a Bible story with the kids down the street? Am I, am I being the church and inviting others into the church? Um, or is it just an allotted time? And I think the three thirds in the house church model really facilitates a lifestyle of being the church and inviting people to come and be a part of the bride as well. Absolutely. That lifestyle issue is so big because I mean, a day in the life of Hannah Holt camp, it's just, you just get up and you go. Mm -hmm. And then as you encounter, then you begin to work as the Holy Spirit guides you. Mm -hmm. Um, Talking about accountability too, um, not only are we accountable in our small groups and our three thirds groups, but we're also, you're doing a lot of disciple making and Mm -hmm. and speaking into people's lives and teaching them and guiding them. Mm -hmm. Can you just speak a little bit to that as to, you know, what is it to like to be uh, someone who is discipling a person? And, you know, what are you expecting your disciple to come up with or mm-hmm. to be um, yeah. once you have uh, done that with them? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, like, all these sisters really have so many stories of, of what it's looked like to, to disciple others and to be discipled. Because in order to go and make disciples, there has to be a measure of discipleship in our lives of those that have been poured out for us. Um a couple like things that come to mind. I love like first of all Jesus's example. That's the same this, like example yeah. of discipleship, you know. Um, and what Jesus did is he invited people to come and follow him and forsake everything, um, and he invited them into life. Um, and so he he taught and he instructed and he did he lived life with them. And Paul to Timothy in Second Timothy three ten and eleven. Um, Paul says to Timothy, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my love, patience, steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me. And so, I mean, we can, you know, teaching is important in discipleship. That's good. We need teaching. We need sound teaching, sound doc- doctrine, but it's not the, the everything um, within discipleship. And in order to follow that in someone, in order to follow someone's patience, you have to see their patience. You have to be with them. And so I think for me, it's just been seeing that in others and then being able to just invite people to come and follow me um and to do life with me and then to instruct them in the midst of that um and that means you get to see the the glorious things and you get to see the messy things and you get to but it really means you have to i mean when we follow jesus it ought to be that we no longer live for ourselves but for the sake of him who died and was raised and i think stepping into a life lived for the sake of making disciples really it puts that up against a wall and for me has it and okay i am a disciple i'm obeying jesus but now i'm like inviting someone literally like literally come live with me sometimes and like come and like there's a sister who recently lived with me and we like slept in the same room just because we're like we have a guest room but like we want to do as much as we can um and so yeah, we just got to see even like, okay, what are we doing before we go to bed? Are we getting on our phones and scrolling through that? Okay, like I see this in you, why? Um, and just really welcoming in people into the nitty gritty and it pushes up all my actions against the wall to really be like, man, am I living a life that's worth being multiplied? No, well, I think I think you nailed yeah. it there. Yeah, it was really like, good. I think you nailed it. Dory, is that the same experience that you are having as well? Yeah, like, and one thing about, you know, like, I actually get to hear from my disciples uh, that what they like about is that uh, that I can, you know, they would actually see me making mistakes mm-hmm. and uh, being vulnerable, being honest, being upfront, genuine, 
And uh, what they're actually learning from as I'm following to them is that, you know, like that I'm not perfect uh, and I can be because everybody's like learning from Jesus anyway and learning from each other. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, and a lot of times I'll get to hear my struggles like, mm-hmm. I don't like this person, what do I do? And then the next thing, you know, that they'll see me is like, okay, well, let's bring it to the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry that she have said yeah. that. Yeah, yeah they're not perfection. Yeah. If you only spend like a couple hours with someone once a week, then like you do all your other stuff and then you give them your best three hours and they don't like get to see, you know, some of that piece or like sitting at a coffee true. shop, like that's you don't true. see the whole of someone and that's so good. I, I love, love that there's, that. if you listen to this, there really wasn't any, a lot of teaching involved. It was more coaching as you go, living the life. Mm-hmm. For us, relationship. Been, yeah, for us, it's been 30 years, 30 years of marriage and 30 years of people living with us. It's so and that has been hard, I mean, to be honest, but it's oh, actually yeah. been the best ground for discipleship because oh, when you're oh, talking oh. about people see when you get mad at your kids or maybe you lose your patience or you're doing other things and how do you respond to that and, and coaching them in the moment, you know, we kind of call that going nose to nose. If you watch a movie with your kids and you immediately go nose to nose about what was the movie about, why did we like this, what was something that was contrary to what God says, it's the same mm-hmm. when people live with you. I love it because what you're talking about is demonstration. So we say mm-hmm. exhortation, which is teaching, without demonstration creates frustration in people. <laughs> so we tell people what they should or shouldn't do, even in the future, <laughs> but we don't demonstrate for them how to do uh, that, then they yeah. get frustrated. And that's people who come to God and then get frustrated and walk away because they never had anyone demonstrate for them mm, how to do this. Yeah. And I'm talking about everyday life things. I mean, we've had to teach people how to how to cook or boil water absolutely like basic life skills you know uh-huh. and so yes you had to do that yeah. <laughs> you know, how to dice veggies yeah like what is dicing is that like this big or is it like this big i mean i had a girl that um was working as a resident with me and she had a young man come to houston to see her and she just didn't come home one night and in her mind she didn't think it was anything wrong with just staying at the hotel with him though she said nothing happened. I have to choose to have to choose to believe her, but just the, the appearance of that was a discussion mm-hmm. we had to have. Absolutely. But I would have never known that had I not been in that type of relationship to speak mm-hmm. into that when it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and she listened, she learned, but there wouldn't have been that opportunity if we weren't in that type of relationship. It's you know, I think, and <clears throat> you guys, I'm sure has everybody has heard this. So if I and if I get it wrong, like my husband is going to be like completely ashamed <laughs> of me. Okay. <laughs> Definition of a disciple: somebody that hears, yes. obeys, obeys, and, and shares. shares. There you go. So I did. I had it right. I was, I'm glad you guys were like, uh, uh, uh. yeah. So it's like I think it's quick that you know, good that we de- define what a disciple mm-hmm. is. What we, so what, totally, yeah. So what are they hearing, or what are they seeing, right? Mm-hmm. To, to to both you guys, this point about being in relationship, and then. You know, what are they obeying mm-hmm. when they're reading in the word? And then the fact that they need to share it with somebody because, and you made a good point about being a disciple worth multiplying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, like we've heard so many people talk before about bad things multiply. Yes. Cancer yeah. cells multiply. That's mm-hmm. bad. Right? So but we have to be that person. We have to be that Christ follower, that disciple that's worth multiplying. Absolutely. That's a good question to ask ourselves. Is what I'm doing worth multiplying? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you just like even doubly hit on it, Stacey, that 
you know, when we're setting an expectation of what discipleship looks like, that the expectation is like, I'm inviting you to come and like know the Lord and obey him and his ways and share that. Um, and so I think that can be a difference in like, you know, people can call discipleship a myriad of things. Um, but a disciple is one who hears, obeys and shares Jesus and his mm-hmm. teachings. And so when I've seen it done by like so many sisters and brothers, but even some specific sisters that come to mind um, back home where when they sit down with someone that's saying like, I want to follow you. They're like, okay, like this is my expectation. I don't want you to be hoodwinked. I want you to know that like, as I entrust things to you, my expectation is that you would first test them with the word to make sure that what I'm sharing with you is true, that you would obey it and that you would go and tell everyone about it. Um, Because that is, that is what it is. And and it's a high bar. Um, But when that's the expectation, then it really frees you up in the long run. You're you're not saying, no, this is, this is what you expected. That's super important. When we have people live with us after the first couple of trial and errors, fell forward experiences, (laughs) we put together a contract for people that live with us. And everything from when they could do their laundry, because you just learn like what becomes (laughs) an issue in your home and add new people. Um, And so, but the important part was that if you're living in our home, that you're agreeing to a discipleship relationship. And then it's not mm-hmm. us telling you what to do. It's us just pointing you to the scriptures and that you're saying that you're okay with that. Mm-hmm. Because, and then if there is a disagreement about it later, you can always come back to, you know, this is what we agreed to. And it, it, I wouldn't say it always protects the relationship, but it lets this agreement in advance be the boundary and the bad guy rather than mm-hmm. our relationship. And so, and really pointing out that it's pointing you to the scriptures, not you have to take what we say you're not making a loss and then you decide yeah. but that you're giving us permission you know you can disciple people before they know they're disciple but it takes a whole other level when you agree to this relationship yeah. and wow. know what to expect that's really incredible i like that I, and i think when we talk about women and disciple making in the church i think mm-hmm. it's important um, I think we've all touched on it because we've all talked about her, 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 she, 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 you know, um, because it's not appropriate for my husband to be in a discipleship relationship with a, with a female. Mm-hmm. It's not appropriate for me to be in a discipleship relationship with another male, even if that male was married. Right. Um, so as women, um, we need to be discipling same sex, yeah. right? We need to decide, disciple other females. Yeah. So in you know, Tampa, for me, it's a targeting of these young high school girls. Um, you know, that's kind of my thing. But there have been times when, because people do hear about Lee, women in ministry hear about Lee, they want to talk to me. And at some point, very early on, he'll say, you need to talk to my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, so even a phone conversation, sometimes if it's happens more than two or three times, he starts getting that uncomfortable feeling like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be here. I need to hunt this female over to my yeah. wife or somebody else. That's kind of how we, how we operate. Yeah. So it's, I think that's important when we talk yeah. about women right. in ministry that we do have boundaries. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that I can do everything equal to my husband if he doesn't feel the same way about me. We need to say in those. And it's same with accountability partners. Mm-hmm. We're doing Absolutely. accountability. It really needs to be with someone of the same sex and not somebody else. You know, we have to be above board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, above approach. And I think I hear you saying that, like from what we said earlier, is that there is a place and a time that we can speak into a man's life but we're not having, that's speaking into something. Mm-hmm. That is not having more of an intimate discipleship relationship. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then women, 
discipling women, we just have unique qualities that wouldn't even translate over. We understand each other. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's common. Which is why this has probably gone longer than the men's session. <laughs> well, I think we all admit that when it comes to that male-female, sometimes we don't understand each other yes. very well. So, right. But that's like why it's so beautiful because God made a complete picture by creating like man and woman and like a complete picture of his heart. Um, and women are so vital in the church because of the attributes that God has put in us that strengthen and then like yeah. just mold together to create, like to show the world um, that the Father has sent the Son. And so I just like, I'm just super encouraged by you guys. And man, we just need like, yeah, sister, like, and you all are living it. You're not, your husband's not doing it. And then you're just at, you're not doing anything like in obedience to Jesus. It's like super evident that. Any woman could talk, like, if they, like, hear about your husband and they're like, oh, I want to hear about what God's doing through them. Like, your husband's could literally just, like, never talk to them. And they would hear from you all. And they would, like, be blessed um, and just, like, be so equipped because you as, like, yeah, I'm just, you, you sisters are, like, all just so equipped and, like, faithful and obedient living out obedience to him. And so, yeah. As are you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. I would just say, too, that, like, if I were to say one thing, toward the end of this and wrapping this up is that for women I, I mean it's probably probably pretty obvious that at this table we're all fairly strong in our leadership roles but I would say there are many women that don't function like that and I think it can be easy to look at people who function as a leader to say well what do I really have to contribute to the church the bride mm-hmm. the body and I think it's important for women to know that wherever they are whatever personality God's created them with that God wants to use them where they are Absolutely. and in their uniqueness and that we should not, and I know we hear this a lot, especially today, um, be comparing ourselves to other people. We just need to compare ourselves to who Jesus says we Amen. should be Amen. and function Amen. that, but that everyone can share yeah. with one person. And so we do mm-hmm. all have it. There are certain things that are, are Certain things that are specific to us, we all, he was very clear that we should all make disciples. Amen. But that may not mean that one person is going to make disciples of 50. They may just make a disciple of a few or mm-hmm. their children and a few. And that's okay. That's yeah. equally as important and equally as big to the kingdom as what yeah. someone who might. Thank you for bringing that for us. Um, that's true. Really so it's important because a, a lot of women feel less than because they are not something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think one thing that I wanted to just bring up too is that when we think of, and this can be, you know, people have different opinions and stuff on this, but Ephesians 4, when we think of like what God entrusted us, he said he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers for the building up of the body and the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry until we all would reach like maturity and the fullness mm-hmm. of the stature of Jesus. And so, yeah, I think that's something that I just see is like, those are, those are not gender specific roles. Um, they like in the church, we could point out example after example of, in scripture of like, women that were prophets, women that were um, apostles um, in these different these different roles that we almost just like, if, if we've been given a gift by Jesus, then like someone gives us a pair of shoes and we don't wear it and leave it in the closet. Like, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we should wear those shoes, especially if we yeah. like them. Like, we should wear them and run in them and use them. Um, and I think that's been something that's been cool. And then also just like, I've been even challenged from coming from a maybe like legacy um, background to, to step into like, okay, like what is the gift that the Lord's given me? And then how can I actually walk in that and not even like hinder myself and be like, can I do this? Like, can I like pass this on to this brother or these things? And um, yeah, I think that can come in to be a conversation 
um, too, within like women in the church, women in DMN, um, is like, are the, are, is there a differentiation? And I, I don't think there, I don't think there is, or there ought to be like in, I think we would probably all agree that for the majority part within being disciples who make disciples, um, which I don't think of as a model. I just think of it as the Bible says it. So we do it, um, that we just do those things and there's, there's no difference, um, within the church advancing to the ends of the earth between like roles of like men and women, especially within like those, those pieces. And then in, within being, dis- being disciples. Like I've heard, um, somebody sharing with me for women. Um, I mean, like the, there are people who would get 1,000 pounds, some people get 2,000 and some people get 5,000 and, um, and for women to get like the 1,000 pounds, you know, we're comfortable with what we have and mm-hmm. we're going to do whatever to serve. And, uh, but then the minute when you actually realize that you'll actually have the 5,000, you're like, <laughs> I'm not sure if I should walk into that because maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe I'm not supposed to do that. And it's very hard for us to imagine what can we actually contribute to the kingdom, you know, when mm-hmm. there's a system in place, you know, they're telling us like, we're not, should we, we're, we're, we're not that, we shouldn't do that. Um, so I guess, you know, being around you guys, like you have to actually help other women to kind of be able to at least imagine what we can mm-hmm. be. Yeah, so I wanted to That's really yeah. yeah, let's imagine what we can be. Yeah. It's so much more than what we are even today. Because yes. tomorrow he adds to. Yeah. And so as long as we're obedient and faithful, he adds to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thank you all very much for being with us today and letting us just hear your hearts on this subject of disciple making. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the L1A podcast. If you are interested in learning more about this topic or getting connected with the other disciple makers in your area, visit loveoneanother.life. Again, that's loveoneanother.life.